Welcome to Wired AF. You're listening to episode 12 of the podcast. On the podcast, we talk about all things health and fitness. I'm Steph. I'm a soon-to-be qualified osteopath and I'm a Pilates instructor and I'm joined by Brandon. I'm Brandon. I'm a weightlifter, a nutritionist and the head coach at Ducati Fitness. So today on episode 12, we're going to be talking about the menstrual cycle and how that affects training for women. So it's something that obviously a lot of people experience because there's a lot of women in the world and a lot of people who have menstrual cycles and who want to know about how their training is affected basically when they're on their period or just before their period or why sometimes they feel more motivated than others. Food cravings. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that we sort of need to consider. So I guess where to start a little intro to this is that it's pretty commonly known that testosterone is a really important hormone for men to build strength. And a lot of people associate testosterone with building strength. Whereas with women, the hormones and the effects of the hormones on training aren't as well known. And it's also quite inconsistent with the evidence available about the effects on training with these hormones. We're talking a lot about estrogen and progesterone. So they're kind of the main ones that we'll be talking about today, but there are definitely others involved as well. And I guess what we want to talk about is the cyclic effects of these hormones and how that impacts training. Definitely. We see that these hormones, uh, the effects um, specifically, they sometimes come up really inconsistent in a lot of research, but uh, there is, I guess, a, a lack of understanding in the general population, uh, especially like I'd say maybe in all age groups uh, with women as far as um, what does that mean for when, why do they get certain food cravings or why is uh, like an increase in their body weight happening around this time or and not thinking to re- not thinking to relate that to their period and how that actually affects their, um, whether they can, you know, form a good habit in that time or um, stay motivated with training or and puts pressure on themselves in certain periods of their of their um, menstrual cycle. Yeah, and I think unfortunately we don't, in school I don't remember receiving a lot of education about this either. So it kind of makes sense that we don't know a lot about it in general. So it's something that I've definitely found a lot more, become more interested in, in the last year. Um, and I know like when you're younger as a female, you go to the doctor and you learn about the basics, but you don't really understand it. And the other thing that's really sad as well is that doctors are really quick to put you on the pill, um, which it doesn't help you learn about your own cycle and it doesn't help you understand your own body signals. And so because of that, then you don't always understand the effects that will happen on training and the rest of your life as well because you necessarily don't understand your cycle. So that's something as well that I think is maybe needs to be improved education about it. And that's why we're doing this today. We wanna hopefully help you guys understand a little bit better what those hormones mean um, and how you can affect, how your training can be affected. Great, so with that, Steph, do you wanna talk to us uh, and give us a, I guess, an overview of the menstrual cycle and just talk about some the, the phases of it really, really succinct. So I guess it's important to understand that a normal cycle length is anywhere from 21 to 35 days. So that means that some people, they might get their period every three weeks, some people it might be every five weeks, and that's what a normal cycle would be. There are two particular phases that are really obvious within the cycle as well. So you're starting off with your follicular phase, which is usually the first two to three weeks, and then you've got your luteal phase, which is the second two weeks. And the luteal phase is pretty consistent as well. It doesn't fluctuate quite as much, whereas the first phase, the follicular phase, that does fluctuate a little bit more. Now, in between those two phases, you've got ovulation. And that's basically when there's an egg released from the ovary. It's your most fertile time. Going back to the follicular phase, that first part of your cycle, that starts from the first day of your period when you get your period 
right up until when you're about to ovulate. Okay, so that's that first phase. Then the second phase, the luteal phase, it's after you've ovulated until the day before you get your period. There's a lot of hormone fluctuations between these two phases, especially throughout the whole cycle. There are a lot of fluctuations, basically. So in the first follicular phase, you're starting off with really low hormone levels when you've got your period, which can last anywhere from two days to eight days. Okay, so you'll have really low hormone levels. And then throughout the end of that first phase, you're going to find that your hormones start to change and increase. So estrogen is going to start to increase and that's also going to trigger the release of an egg from the ovary. So when you're during your ovulation, which is right in the middle of your cycle, usually, um, that's when you're going to find that your estrogen is at the absolute highest. And that's when people often experience their highest mood and they feel the best, they feel super motivated. So that's a really good time for people basically to feel good about themselves. And then we come into the luteal phase and that's where things sort of start to go downhill a little bit. So your estrogen starts to drop. It does do a little rise again, a little spike again, but then it does drop again. So estrogen goes up and down twice, um, but it's definitely lower in this luteal phase. And then progesterone, that's the one that starts to come up in the luteal phase. So that really gets produced a lot more. And unfortunately, then it drops right before you get your period. So this is why you get all these mood changes. And that's why you start to feel a little bit average towards the end of your cycle, right before you get your period, because your hormones start to drop again, basically. So estrogen is the one that sort of makes you feel really good. And then progesterone is the one that is basically preparing your body for pregnancy. And it maybe doesn't make you feel quite as good. So you might feel a bit more bloated. Um, usually you find you get that decreased mood. You might get more food cravings during that time as well in the luteal phase. And then all these things are obviously going to affect how you want to train. Just so we're all clear, if you're feeling like, you know, you're up and down in your mood and as Steph explained, the hormones are going crazy they're dropping and spiking if you look at it on a graph there's plenty of graphs out there it looks crazy there's all these different uh peaks and drops and and it's completely normal yeah so exactly. that's what we want to reiterate to everyone is that these changes that are happening uh the more you can understand your body and the more you know about uh, your cycle and even just tracking it there are lots of apps out there that you can track your cycle that's really important for i guess just understanding more about what's happening to yourself and and just getting, I guess, feeling more confident in, in knowing that what's happening is normal and it is okay. And there's like a reason behind why it's yeah, happening. It's on all a physiological, physiological level. level. Yeah. 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 So like, exactly. There's, and the thing with these hormones as well, so estrogen, um, and we've only mentioned two main hormones today, but there are more involved just so everyone's aware, but estrogen that's actually involved with reduced protein breakdown and progesterone it actually increases protein breakdown during the luteal phase. So what this means is that estrogen basically improves muscle strength by improving skeletal muscle, which is because of reducing the protein breakdown. So estrogen will help you build muscle is what we're kind of saying. Whereas progesterone is the opposite. It's not going to make you lose muscle, but progesterone will reduce the protein breakdown in the body, meaning that it's harder for your body to build muscle during the luteal phase because there's more progesterone. Definitely. So in a practical application, knowing this and, and knowing that this, these, happen, these, these changes happen, how, I guess, have you, Steph, made alterations to your training? Yeah, so it's definitely been a little bit of trial and error. Um, so the start of my cycle, usually, so when I get my period, I really don't want to train for those first couple of days, usually like three, four days, I don't really feel like doing anything. 
and going for a walk and stretching is usually enough for me. And then after that, I start to feel really good. So towards the end of my period, I'll start to feel like I can, I want to train again and I'm feeling awesome. So, and that's when during that follicular phase, that first phase, um, after I've had my period, that's when I start to feel more motivated. And then as I get towards the middle of my cycle, which is towards ovulation, I'm definitely way more motivated. Um, I feel really good about creating good habits. I'm lifting heavier weights usually. I'm eating healthier food usually, and I'm usually exercising more and I feel like I can do more volume and more intensity. So for me, that's how I feel. I feel awesome. Even sort of into um, the start of a luteal phase, I can usually do pretty well as well and I still have pretty good strength and I'm still pretty motivated. But then towards the end of the luteal phase, um, right before I'm about to get my period, usually like the week before, I'm like, I don't want to train, I don't want to lift and it's almost like I want to have the week off. Like that's how I feel, but I just make sure that I'm structuring in a really light week of lifting or doing something lower volume, lower intensity. So I might still do the same movements, just really light weights, like 50% of my weights basically. Or I'll go for some more walks or I'll just take time to chill out and rest if that's what I feel like I need. So definitely to the end of that luteal phase and the first couple of days of my period, I need to take it easy. Whereas in the middle, I'm... Good to go. I can lift heavy. And I, and I say that with you as well. So the main thing that um, when we train together, the main thing that I um, try and get across with you is I don't want to put any extra pressure on you to perform um, in those in the second phase, in the um, in the luteal phase. I don't want to put any extra pressure on whether you need to perform heavier or if you um, missed a weight. It's it's uh, there's not as much pressure, and I try and reiterate that to you um, because obviously you know everyone forgets. Uh, it's easy to talk about it now, but when you're in it, um, sometimes it's really hard to remember all these things. So what we're trying to say to people now is, doesn't mean you can't train. There's no reason why you can't train throughout this this whole cycle or mm. during these changes of hormones. Uh, but just be aware that there might be some just general alterations to your intensity and volume through each part of your of your training. And any good program would have lots of drops uh, in volume and intensity throughout the throughout the length of the of a program or a, or a block training block, and these things just might want to be factored in for anyone. Yeah, exactly. Like in my little training diary that I have, I have my weeks of my training program that I'm up to. So it might be say week six of my program for that particular program. Um, and then at the bottom of that, I'll write what week of my cycle I'm in, like in terms of my menstrual cycle. So I'll say, okay, I'm in week two of my menstrual cycle here. And so then I can see, and I also do notes on how I managed that training program for that week. And I can sort of relate it all to how, to what's happening in my body. And I think the other thing that's really great as well is that like you understand where I'm at too. So like you've made a really good effort to understand what is happening with my body so then you know how to react to me and it's almost creates this really good scenario that I can get the best out of myself even when I'm not feeling great because you know what's going on and you know that if I'm maybe a little bit snappy or a little bit down, like you know why and it's not anything against you, like it's great. Like we've just created this really yeah. easy training environment, not easy, but we've created this training environment where you're really supportive as a coach and as a partner because you know now what's going on with me. Definitely. I think with uh, most females, yeah, it's just really important to know, uh, you know, if, if you have one RMs that week and maybe, you know, do it the following week or, or do it the week before or 
Uh, there's nothing wrong with, with pushing things, you know, altering things based around that. And if you have never done that before, maybe give it a try, see if it works. You know, I can't say I've done it with thousands of, of women and, and train, you know, train thousands of women that have done like a structured training program like this. But from what I've seen, it definitely works a lot easier um, managing it like that. And, and just, you know, it's one more thing to add into like a personalized program, just gives you a better context to that person and just gives you that extra question to ask. And most people are really comfortable about it. And I think uh, in the past, um, maybe inexperienced coaches or people that um, don't know too much about uh, female hormones might be a little bit, I guess, out of their depth to ask questions about this. And I always encourage people just to research and learn more about how they can, you know, we always want to improve. And so any time where we can, um, you know, give consistent improvement and, uh, you know, help the client or the person we're working with improve in their training, uh, it's always good to know extra information about them. What we see a lot of uh, the times when I work with clients for their nutrition is they might be really disappointed with uh, them weighing themselves or and, and if they haven't lost weight uh, over a particular, over a period of a month. And I'll say, okay, well, what phase are you, are you in your cycle? And they'll say, oh, okay, I'm, you know, just, I'm just about to get my period. And I'm like, okay, well, you realize that you might have an increase in water retention and you're probably likely to be your heaviest right now after you, you know, in two more weeks, if you were to weigh yourself, you'd probably find you maybe a kilo, two kilos lighter. Just, these are just the general fluctuations in, in the body and people are not really aware of that. The other thing we find when I work with nutrition clients is when people feel really average, um, because you've got almost no hormones in that uh, last part of your period, the last phase of your menstrual cycle, uh, you, we find that women restrict their diet quite a lot because they feel they feel bloated, they feel like they can't eat. Uh, and I guess the what point we want to get across is we want consistent diet across the whole span, you know, across the whole lifespan. We want, and no matter what phase you're in, we want to try and have a really consistent diet, but. We want to reiterate more so that if you can have really satisfying foods, whether that's incorporating more oily fish, whether that's having um, good fats like avocado, putting more effort into your diet in that period if you can, like um, having eggs for breakfast, making sure you're not skipping meals is going to be really important in uh, preventing binging and, and really excessive cravings. With cravings and how we want to manage cravings, in this time is we don't, we obviously, and in our previous podcast, we've reiterated that there's no such thing as good and bad foods. All food is food and we take the emotion out of it and they can all be used to do any function we want. Okay. So what we want to reiterate to women that we work with is that the foods that they're eating in that time, if there's something that they're craving, by all means, uh, allow yourself to have it, but just make sure that the diet that you're, that you're having is supporting you to do all the normal functions that you want to that you want to try and achieve or all the normal body functions that you need to have. Yeah, exactly. Like I find for me, I definitely get some food cravings right before I get my period. But for me, if I include, I'm really aware of what's going on now. So I know I'm getting these food cravings. I'm going to get my period in a couple of days. Okay. I don't want to binge on chocolate, even though it tastes awesome and I love it. I don't want to do that because I know what my body really needs and really wants right now is some salmon. I know that's really specific, but for me, when I have salmon, um, I feel awesome and I feel really satiated and that's something that ties me over for a few days and I actually don't have those cravings anymore, 
when I give my body what it actually needs. It's the same with eggs. Like I know a lot of people like to take out the egg yolks and I think oh, it's yeah, I think too. it's like for a calorie <laughs> thing and I used to do it too. But guys, you got to eat the egg yolks because that's where all the good fats are and there's good cholesterol in there. So if you have, you know, maybe a couple of eggs with some avocado on toast, same thing, you might feel really satiated. Or if you want to have a couple of pieces of bacon with that, awesome. It's a really satiating meal. And then you're probably not going to even want those craving foods that you initially had the cravings for. So just being mindful of what foods work for you to satiate you so that then you maybe don't have those extreme cravings that you were having and don't restrict your food like maybe some people do. But we are saying by all means, if you want to have that little bit of chocolate, have it but also make sure you're having those proper meals at the same time to satiate yourself, to reduce the cravings where possible. Hopefully that sums up the nutrition side of, of that and how we would alter or just you know keep, keep reinforcing good nutrition for all phases of the menstrual cycle. So now, Steph, what can we do specifically for females that um, can take away from this podcast? What can they do for their own training and, and kind of what are some general guidelines or recommendations that you have? Yeah, definitely. So I think during um, the first part of your menstrual cycle, so when you've got your period, in those first few days of your period, you're probably going to want to do really low intensity training. So you might want to do some weightlifting, but most often you might just want to do some body weight stuff um, or just really light weightlifting if you're going to do some weightlifting. You could definitely go for some walks, do some gentle stretching, something quite gentle that's not going to put too much stress on your body and that just makes you feel good. So move. Don't do nothing completely, but just move within what your body tells you. Is so okay. that could look like for someone who's doing a weightlifting program, more pulls and squats that week and less of the main lifts, uh, less pressure yeah. on doing those main lifts, maybe leaving the main exercises like snatch and clean and jerks till the end of the week. Mm -hmm. And even just light weights as well yeah. for that during your period, basically. And so then you're getting into um, the second half of that follicular phase. So after you've had your period, you're moving into the second half of the follicular phase and you're going to find that you'll have a lot better mood and motivation like we spoke about already. And also your strength is probably going to feel a lot higher. So this is the time where you can start to increase the intensity and increase the strength in your training. Um, you can definitely start to increase the weights as well. So you could probably find that around day 10 of your cycle, um, you're going to feel maybe at your strongest right up until you've got your ovulation as well. You're probably going to feel your strongest and like you're hitting PBs. That's the time when you can basically go heavy, okay? We're not saying go for 1RMs, but <laughs> if it's the time yeah. of your training program where you're talking to your coach and they say, yep, you can definitely up the intensity, you can do an extra set, you can put an extra five kilos on, awesome, give it a go. This will be a good time to do that, okay? And then getting into after ovulation, so after you've ovulated in the middle of the cycle, roughly the middle, um, you're probably going to find that you're still going to have pretty good performance for about another week or so. So you can probably still keep a moderate intensity. It doesn't have to be that super heavy weights that you've just done, but back it off just a little bit, maintain that moderate intensity. And we're looking at maintaining strength in this particular phase, but then you're going to find that right before you get your period. So the last four to five days of your cycle, you're going to want to back it off again. So this is where you want to start to come back to that lighter weights and lower intensity. So you can still do the moves, but you're going to find that you probably don't want to go super heavy and it's good to back it off and go a little bit lighter. I think that sums it up really well, Steph. And I think women can adapt this information to their training program and make any alterations that they might need. Or even if you've never done it before, give it a try. Uh, 
what about some helpful apps that women can use to track their cycle and are there any that you use? Yeah, so there's some really great resources out there. So I use an app called Flow, F-L-O, and you can track your cycle on that. Um, and it's really great, actually. So once you've tracked, I think, more than three or four cycles, it actually predicts for you when it thinks that you're going to get your period. Um, and it tells you as well when you're in that ovulation phase. And it's really great because it has all these um, information articles as well within the app that teach you about what your cycle means and what's happening for you, even with your symptoms, if your symptoms are normal, which I think is really great because it's another education tool that you can see. Um, and there's another app I've heard about called Clue, which I haven't personally used, but I've heard great things about. Um, there's some really great resources out there. So there's an audio book that I've listened to called Period Power. It's by this lady, Maisie Hill, and that's really great. And she's very inclusive as well of all genders and basically all people or all women or everyone who identifies as a woman or anyone who has a period or a menstrual cycle, she is inclusive of everyone in that, which I really love as well. And she's really informative and she's great at teaching you all about this thing as well called the menstrual cycle. So that's a really good thing to listen to or look out for. And there's plenty of articles on the internet reading about the menstrual cycle basically and training. Um, so that's something you could do more reading about, but I really would recommend if you can tracking your cycle and get to know your body and get to know what's going on. So you know for yourself, because everyone's gonna have different symptoms and everyone's gonna feel different. So that's something that I guess you wanna understand. Definitely, I think by having the uh, having this podcast topic and by putting some emphasis on uh, menstrual cycle, we can hopefully you know just increase the general awareness and I guess just make people uh, put a little bit more effort into understanding their body. And I think that's something that you know maybe is a little bit, I guess people don't invest as much in in I guess learning themselves specifically and and understanding themselves and and you know why do they feel like this in certain times and. Yeah, I just think it's really important information to know. And it's so empowering too. Once you know what's going on, you just feel so empowered and so like in control almost. Even though you're not in control of what's happening on a physiological level, you feel in control because you understand it. So it's a really great way if you did want to improve your life, I think, to understand a little bit better what's happening to you. Definitely. I hope you have enjoyed listening to today's podcast. We'll be here every Thursday. If you guys have any questions for myself or Steph, you can direct them straight to us on Instagram at Acardi Fitness. You can email us email us at fitness.com. Uh, that's about it, really. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.